This is the EAE Podcast, and you're listening to episode number 40 in our ongoing series of conversations focused on international higher education in Europe and beyond. My name is Laura Rumbly, and I'm the EAE's Associate Director for Knowledge Development and Research. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's early April 2022, and the war being raged by Russian forces in Ukraine remains a source of outrage and immense distress for European lawmakers, citizens, and certainly the higher education community as well. As of April 9th, UNHCR estimates that more than 4.5 million refugees have fled Ukraine since the initial attacks on February 24th of this year. Some Ukrainians were already outside the country before the invasion began, and among these is our guest for this episode, Karina Bilikon. Karina is a student at Zoud University of Applied Sciences in the Netherlands, where she's studying international business. She's also taking various steps to support her country from afar at this moment of intense crisis. Of course, one person's experience and perspectives can't be generalized to the wider population of Ukrainian students, either within the country or abroad. But Karina's thoughtful, compassionate, and optimistic voice offers a peek at how other young Ukrainians might be navigating this experience right now and thinking about the future for themselves and their country. My first question for you is how you ended up deciding to study in the Netherlands. How is it that that became a destination for you? Uh, well, my mom uh, is married to a Dutch man. And since my childhood, I was traveling the whole time to the Netherlands and visiting this uh, country. Um, and I just liked it, uh, the way it is, the mentality of the people, this really beautiful place. Of course, it's cold there, but you're getting used to this, you know. But for the rest, yeah, education is amazing, something that my heart belongs to. There was no doubt. Very good. We are having this conversation five, six weeks into the war in Ukraine, where you're originally from. And um, there are so many different questions I have for you and a lot of feelings of sensitivity that I have, that I, I, my heart is going out to you in so many ways. The first question I wanted to ask of you is how your friends and family at home in Ukraine are doing. Um, what is their situation at the moment? Oh, that's a really hard question. Uh, I'm trying to keep uh, contact with uh, my lovely ones in Ukraine daily. And actually that's really hard to realize that you're contacting every one of them every day not to ask how are you doing and how is your life doing going what it was you doing but it's just to realize if they are alive or not and this is the hard moment um likely uh, i'm talking about girls now uh, also with kids um, they left uh, the part of my city, the closest to Russia, actually Donetsk and Lugansk area. They left more closer to uh, Poland or they left the country uh, because every day it's going only harder and harder. And uh, every day we hear only harder news. Of course, everyone is stressing out and living in a clear less future, let's say. They never know what can happen, not even tomorrow, but next hour. You never know where it's going to hit because they are all around Ukraine and inside of my country. Basically, there is no way to go somewhere else. So everyone's living in constant stress. And of course, uh, I, I'm stressing for them. And I even been questioning myself. 
who is doing harder right now in this moment. People that are in there and trying to survive, uh, running for their life, let's say, or people like me that have their lovely ones in there and I never know what is with them or just cut off internet or they are already gone. So mm, nobody is safe, I would say, in this moment. So to that point of your experience witnessing what's going on back home from outside, I am very interested to know how you, um, I know you can only speak for yourself, but maybe you can also reflect on fellow Ukrainian students who are outside of the country, um, how, how you're navigating this situation in terms of taking care of yourself, finding the supports that you need in order to be able to manage the emotions and the worries that you have. Um, curious about what your institution, your university might be able to, uh, to offer you or has offered you um, and, and how that situation of finding support has been working out for you in the situation you find yourself in. Well, honestly, say in the moment I uh, traveled here in the Netherlands, uh, like already moved in here, I um, not really often saw people that know about Ukraine. And um, just before war started, uh, my teacher just asked me to give a presentation about Ukraine. And I thought, okay, I can talk about military operation that happened in 2014, but who will ever be interested in that? And besides this, young people 100% know about it. And this really difficult political topic. However, when I was done with my presentation and I gave it to the class, I didn't see anyone looking at the phone. Everyone was super interested. And it was my first ever presentation and I didn't expect that people will be so interested in it. And personally for me, it was a very big step know that somebody knows about my country and step by step I realized no one is actually indifferent in here. Um, for me and other Ukrainian students that live in, in uh, the Netherlands and all around Europe, it's really important to see how other European people, uh, not related at all to Ukraine, still support you. It's, I'm smiling really almost to the happy tears in my eyes when I see someone is hanging Ukrainian flag out, you know, when um, I see that someone is bringing uh, stuff to refugees and trying to help my people as much as possible. This already helping a lot, knowing that we are not alone. We are fighting all together. This is the biggest support we are getting from Euro Union and all, all the countries around. And uh, also in my university, we have a fundraiser. I'm one of the managers, let's say, of this fundraiser. My university helping really a lot with this. We have room in there that they give to us. Uh, they plan everything for us. They help in as much as possible, also with promotion. And uh, for the rest, also car if you need it, you know, to bring it, for example. Um, also, since um, war started in Ukraine, I actually... Maybe that's kind of a back of my character, but I back up from everyone. I completely closed. I was the whole time in the news, scrolling, calling my friends, trying to realize if everyone is okay. Um, it was not me, let's say. Uh, so each time when people was asking me how am I doing, I could also ignore them, you know, because better not to answer anything than answer something like, yeah, I'm doing bad. Thanks for asking, you know. But then day by day, I got used to this and... It's great when I'm coming to the uh, school 
and every teacher just coming to me, giving me hugs, saying, Karina, how are you doing? And also not to me, but also to other Ukrainian students. That's really nice that all the world right now actually united together. And it's really great to see this huge support for Ukrainians. And I'm really thankful for people like this, you know, that aren't indifferent. Exactly. That, uh, that human touch, I think, that you've talked about just seems extremely important. You're a student. You've talked about some of the experiences that you've been having at your institution here in the Netherlands. The EAE is interested in, in students in so many ways uh, because of the work that we do in international education. And we've been hearing a lot about the enormous difficulties that universities in Ukraine are facing. I was wondering if you might say a little bit about what you know that of your friends' experiences, fellow students back in Ukraine, what they've been through, some, some information about how their studies may have been disrupted and how they're handling either remaining in the country and trying to deal with that or potentially leaving Ukraine in order to be, get away from this terrible situation. Um, what, what do you know and what have you heard from, from those kinds of friends and, and fellow students? Yes, uh, actually, uh, when you are 21 in Ukraine, you're already done with the university, usually, in this age. So if you're talking about uh, people that are a little bit younger than me, no doubts, university has to get closed. Or you go on for online education, but still, you uh, not always can have internet, let's say, you know, because sometimes you can also be under the ground if you are from another city or something uh, somewhere else. There is no way how you can continue studying. So, of course, all the exams, all the uh, tests are right now cancelled or, let's say, paused because you cannot study at this moment. You uh, more care about surviving than taking your diploma, let's say. Uh, but the people that actually got lucky and could get out of Ukraine uh, to continue their study, the biggest problem for Ukrainians, most of them, most of us, I would say, um, don't really speak English. And this is a huge problem for all of them. Um, great to see that in every country, almost in every city, there are special, not even schools, but courses of languages for the refugees. That's really great to see because there's a beginning. And then after this, they can continue their study. Of course, people that already have an English um, on, on a grade level, let's say, um, they can just continue their studies in Europe. And uh, also great to see that uh, your union closing eyes, let's say, on some exams that you have to pass. There's, there's war before mandatory to go into university. Right now they are gone because everyone is understanding all the situation. Uh, I would say Ukrainian people are really educated and education for us is really important thing, really extremely important. And amazing that Europe understands this and giving us change, chances to uh, continue the study no matter what. So students in Ukraine, Ukrainian students, outside of Ukraine have been facing challenges that are difficult for many of us to, to understand, having not lived through those realities. Um, there's also another group of individuals who have been affected by events, and that is Russian students, actually. Given the global reaction to Russia, there is a situation for, for some Russian students. I was wondering if you might be able, and this is a very sensitive topic, and I ask it with the greatest sense of sensitivity, how your feelings have been unfolding about 
the situation that many Russians may be facing, Russian students who are now up against uh, a certain set of challenges based on the decisions of their government to invade your country. I don't know if there are Russian students at your university or other Russian students that you may have encountered and, and what did what that's like for you to think about or potentially interact with those students now in, in the particular situation they find themselves in. Thank you for this question, actually. That's uh, hard to answer, honestly saying, because this, let's say that's really tricky for me to answer. If you're talking about Russians like a people or Russians like uh, students in here that already traveled a long time ago and, and let's say kids, young people that have a different opinion, they traveled out of Russia, they have, of course, different opinion about the situation. Because let's say like this, news in Russia and news in all the world are different completely. And talk to the person that lives in Russia and talk to the person that lives in Europe, European Union is completely two different conversations. No, honestly saying. Um, of course, no doubts, they have a lot of pressure right now. Uh, for example, in Italy, is at this moment what I know, the hardest country in reactions to the, to the Russians. Uh, I have two girlfriends uh, studying in there, and there were situations when they're not allowed to go to restaurants anymore, you know, they speak Russian language, or they're really actually afraid to speak Russian outside because Italians might be pretty aggressive to them. I'm, as a Ukrainian student, as a Ukrainian person, having conflict with this country, let's say, with government of this country, I am against of all the violence against these people. You don't have to uh, use any, any violence to them. You don't have to uh, scream at them or disrespect them because they are out of there. They didn't do nothing. They didn't take guns. They didn't go kill people, you know, civilians. Uh, they didn't do anything for this. From another side, it's okay to uh, react in some kind of way, softly, of course, if person don't say anything or go on against it and say, no, somebody is wrong and I'm the right one in here. No, then you should react and say, listen, let's just look at the both sides and then uh, just try to explain. But most of the times it's uh, unsuccedable, let's say, because I had some conversations with Russians that completely zoned. I'm trying to support Russians as well. Honestly saying, also in uh, my university, in this fundraiser, we also have a Russian girl. She's still uh, collecting uh, stuff for Ukrainian refugees and being completely sorry for what is happening. Then the question is to me as a Ukrainian student and Ukrainian girl, why would I hate her? For what? There's no hate for anyone. We are, as a nation, Ukrainians, we are not hateful. We don't hate anyone. We, we accept everyone. We uh, understand everyone. So... It wouldn't be good from my side. I would not be Ukrainian completely if I would just hate someone of their nationality. That's not my intention. And of course, I'm always against of any violence towards Russians. Thank you for sharing that and, and really appreciating the complexity of those feelings and the, the principles you know, that you're bringing to that discussion. I think that's extremely interesting. And um, and I imagine it's also rather personal. So I really appreciate your sharing that perspective. We have no idea how long this war is going to go on and what short-term and long-term effects it will have. 
We have some ideas, but only time will tell. I wonder if you have the headspace to have some thoughts about your plans and your expectations short-term and maybe longer-term as you complete your studies and as you think about a life ahead. What is on your mind and what are some of your hopes in, in that direction? Talking about my education, let's say like this, I uh, am interested in a lot of topics and a really creative person. So when I chose business, I decided to go into more management fashion, let's say. So to stay creative and also do things that I'm really strong in, let's say. Uh, so I decided to go more into this branding and everything. And at this moment, I'm working with brands and uh, also working as a model and actress. So that's why I'm thinking after I'm getting my uh, diploma, I could go to this direction. And um, of course, uh, I don't know for long for how long this is uh, going to go in Ukraine. But uh, I just know for sure that uh, all of us, even people that left Ukraine right now, this moment, we're all going to come back and build a new begin, new beautiful country. And of course, I will try to do everything possible. That's my goal number one. When everything is done, just go there and, you know, find some uh, grandmas, some older people, you know, outside, bringing them food or something, you know, do something nice, bring flowers to the pregnant women, you know, something like let them know that all this time we weren't doing nothing and we weren't indifferent, let's say. We was helping to all of you and people that stayed in Ukraine and all this time were there, survived. I think that's really, these are heroes as well, even not people that also fighting, but the ones that also stayed in Ukraine and going through everything right now. That's also heroes. So I think one of my goals after finishing university or during this time, I'll, I will come back to Ukraine and I will try to help people as much as possible. Exactly what I'm doing right now and here from the Netherlands, I will also do in Ukraine. Well, Karina, I think you will have helped more people than you imagine by sharing the story with us and your perspective on what's happening at this really, really difficult time. Thank you for your generosity of time and spirit, and we wish you very good luck in your future steps. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this interview. I hope people that are right now not really curious about the situation will change their mind and be interested in that. Thank you so much. That was Karina Vilikon, a student from Ukraine currently studying at Zaud University of Applied Sciences in the Netherlands. Our session notes for this episode provide links to materials focused on responses to the war in Ukraine. You may want to check those out if you have time. Speaking of time, if you think you might have time to share your energy and passion for international education in a formal role with the EAE, we want to make sure you're aware of the upcoming opportunity to stand for one of the EAE's many elected volunteer leader positions. Nominations for the 2022 elections are opening soon on April 22nd, and we're looking for dedicated individuals to serve in a wide range of positions that will help keep the EAE moving towards a bright future. EAA members can nominate themselves or another member for the positions of vice president, board member, general council member, or membership on an expert community steering group. There are also non-elected positions currently open with our three committees as well, the Conference Program Committee, the Professional Development Committee, and the Publications Committee. Please visit www.eae.org for more information. 
That's a wrap for this episode of the EAE Podcast, but we'll be back in two weeks with another installment. Until then, all good wishes to you from the EAE.